0: Well, hey, what's going on, Potter's House people? Good morning from Virginia Beach. Pastor Adam coming back at you again for another edition of Morning Bible and Brew. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. If you have never joined us before on Bible and Brew, uh, broadcasting live from the Dragoon household here in Virginia Beach uh and we're what we are doing is we are going one day at a time through our church bible reading plan which is on the bible app called uh ICA 365 daily kingdom living and uh we already have some people joining us this morning on facebook mr dave smale mr andre redmond thanks for joining us guys And on uh, Instagram, also live casting there, velezfam6 and Leanna Murmert. Thank you for joining us today and excited about what uh, God is doing. Uh, We're excited about the potential that God has given us and uh, we're excited about the Word of God. Um, Just want to make sure we are all on the same page. (laughs) <laughs> I am still brewing myself and uh, got my Bible right here. Uh, for some reason I didn't, didn't sleep so well last night. I was having some wild and crazy dreams. Uh, if you ever have wild and crazy dreams, I'd like to hear some of your craziest ones. I have had some insane, just where did that come from kind of dreams uh, in my life. Uh, last night I was having a dream that, uh, that I was in a band, somehow I was in a band. and I've been in some bands over the years, um, singing and playing guitar and stuff. And so my dream was that it, uh, there was another band playing, and then it was coming to the time that I was supposed to go up there and start playing in the band, uh, like our band was coming up next. And it was this dream where I was struggling to like tie my shoes and uh, you, you know get a shirt buttoned up, and I was just I was stressed out because I could not get myself ready to go up on the stage. I'm not exactly sure if you're a dream interpreter out there. Uh, maybe you can give me your best interpretation. By the Holy Spirit, so I'd love to hear that. But uh, yeah, woke up a little groggy this morning. That's what the brew is for. The door, Tulsa. Thanks for joining us on IG this morning. So if you want to follow along with us, we are uh, we're going to 2 Chronicles, chapter seven and eight, and then we're going to read in Romans, chapter seven. And uh, as we do that, I uh, want to encourage you, Right, maybe right now you could take a moment to share this, um, and uh, uh, let's, let's get it out to people who might want to see it, um, who want some Bible commentary and some, uh, some morning devotions. That's what this is all about, uh, Bible and brew. So uh, let's jump right into this. So 2 Chronicles chapter 7, so just as a review, good morning Ruth, thanks for joining us. Uh, and overall uh, second chronicles is a retelling so this the, the this book both uh, uh, first and second chronicles were written as one volume and they were written as a historical narrative so they were written after the fact they were written uh, you, you know, uh by the prophet is Ezra they say prophet and historian and uh and they were written some time after the events had occurred because what his intention was to go back and to provide a coherent retelling of all of the events that had taken place in the last many years and so um a lot of the events that we find here in second chronicles are repeat events. We've gone through these things already. We've listened to them, we've learned from them, we've read them already this year. Uh most of them in second kings, uh some of them in Samuel. Uh but but uh what this what chronicles is attempting to do is to coherently weave these stories together in a way that uh that we can really understand. So it's uh Uh, So here we are in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and we found ourselves at the moment where Solomon has built the temple. He has furnished the temple. He has dedicated the temple. And now uh, in the last uh, chapter, chapter 6, he has prayed, and uh, his prayer was that God would be in this temple, that God would use it for his glory. So so here's where we pick it up, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And uh, follow along with me if you got your Bible. It says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Right there. Right there is what we already need, isn't it? That's what we need in our churches. That's what we need in our homes. That's what we need in the kingdom of God is we need God to respond to the prayers of his people with fire. Fire can be a scary thing, can't it? Fire speaks about God's judgment, his righteousness, his holiness. Um, And so I think maybe the reason why a lot of us don't have the fire of God is because the fire is scary. It is confrontational. It will burn away what doesn't last and what is temporary. And if the fire came and burned down your sacrifices, what would you have to lose? And that question ought to haunt some of us. So here's verse 2. The priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Let it happen again in 2020. Uh, When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and how the glory of the Lord on the temple... They bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped, pra- praised the Lord, saying, "For He is good, for His mercy endures forever." Verse four. Then all the then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice. Listen to this: twenty-two thousand bulls and one hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. Uh, Live on Facebook, we've got Anneli, our Bulgarian friend, watching all the way from France. Welcome. Glad you're here. And uh, our brother, Pastor Adam Raison, is here as well. Thanks for joining us. Um, If you you enjoy Bible and Brew, I would encourage you again just to uh, like it, share it, and uh, send it to somebody that you think will appreciate it. So when the fire falls on the temple at Solomon's dedication, uh, it causes a reaction, right? And it, it should, right? The, re, the reaction should cause a just, uh, or the, the fire of God should cause a powerful reaction. And the people were amazed. And it's no surprise, right? It's no surprise that um, that it is the result of this incredible sacrifice that has been made. They said uh, they said 22,000 sheep, uh, bulls rather, and 120,000 sheep. This is how we dedicate. It is through sacrifice. So do you want to understand why that there's not very many people who truly will serve the, the, the living God? That's why right there because it requires a sacrifice. Uh I was having a conversation with my boss the other day who's a who's a believer and uh we were we were having this conversation that you know um everybody wants the blessing right we're we're living in a christian world where you know preachers on TBN and and, K, and the uh radio hosts on Caleb um you know they it's all about a positive and encouraging message. Now, I love to be encouraged just as much as the next guy. I love to have positivity in my life just as much as the next guy. But how was, was it positive and encouraging as Solomon was slaughtering 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep? Was that positive and encouraging? Probably not. Um, it was uh, bloody and difficult and and it would have taken time and effort and, and sacrifice, man. Sacrifice is something that we don't focus on enough in the kingdom, but it is exactly that sacrifice why the presence of God showed up so powerfully in the temple on that day as they dedicated. So what about you in your life? What are you sacrificing? For, for God. You know, it's, it's one thing to talk about all the blessings. Oh, the Lord blessed me. Uh, but, but how have you blessed the Lord? That's the real question. When you bless God through your sa- sacrifice, this is what brings the presence of God into our lives, into our families, into our marriages, into our churches, and into our services. So I want to encourage you to focus on the sacrifice because it's the sacrifice that brings the presence of God. All right, verse seven, uh, verse six, rather. And the priests attended to their services of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, for his mercy endures forever. And whenever David offered praise by their ministry, the priests sounded trumpets opposite them while all Israel stood. Furthermore, Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the uh, house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings, because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat. At the time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly, for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days and feast seven days. And on the twenty-third day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart. Boy, that's like uh, that's like after the church service gets out on Sunday morning. Uh, good morning, Jerry Duenas and Kevin Ashley. Welcome to our uh, live Bible and brew as we're studying the Word of God together and uh, so uh, it's like uh, my, my favorite line in the church service, pastors, you can use this if you want to. Um, my line is after the church service is over and people are still milling about and yakking away at one another. <laughs> I always uh, turn off the lights and I say, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Maybe you've heard that before. Uh, that's what Solomon does. He says, hey, guys, we've done the, what we need to do. It's time to go home. Go serve the Lord. All right, so after this incredible dedication uh, to the Lord, there's a, an incredible sacrifice that is made. And the glory of the Lord shows up powerfully. This, listen, guys, my, my dog is over here bugging me. Come here, Roxy. Come here. Come tail. Come here. Oh, no, she's shy. She ran away. Um, Come here. Come here. There she is. All right, Roxy wants some Bible and brew too. There she is. All right, so then God appears to Solomon. Um, Verse 12, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or when I command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people, here it is, one of the most famous verses of the Old Testament. We found it right here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So one of the uh, crimes of, of, um, of people who are... Um, persuaded by the Bible is that we take scriptures out of context. And, uh, let's not do that here today. Let's make sure we have context, right? This revival message, this incredible, uh, promise that God gives it's in the context of the, the dedication to the temple, right? So that's the, that's the, um, that's how this scripture comes about so the temple is dedicated all of these sacrifices that have been made god's fire shows up to consume the sacrifice and uh, and the people are all blessed and everybody's had a great day and now god shows up to talk to solomon and what does god say to solomon he says guess what it's not uh, not every day is going to be like today solomon Not every day is going to be a day where my presence reigns supreme in this temple. He says, there's going to come a time uh, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain. So why would God do this? Why is God being such a bummer, man? Why is, uh, why you got to be such a letdown, God? Uh, We just had a fantastic day in church. And he says, listen, uh, there's going to be a time when the locusts devour the land and pestilence is sent among the people. There's going to come a time when disobedience brings my my judgment against you. He said, don't forget that in the midst, even of this great dedication. But here's the promise that God gives. The promise is, if you will remember me, if you, the people of God called by my name, humble yourselves pray and seek my face turn from my wicked ways so listen that that's that's critical it's the idea of repentance it's the idea of turning away from wickedness to the living God turning so so uh, so repentance is not just for the sinner on outreach right repentance is for every believer as we live our Christian lives as we walk this uh, journey of faith, um, we've got to be willing to still repent of our sins and turn from them. Good morning, Joan. Thanks for joining us today. And so this is the promise. If, if, uh, if we will pray and turn from our wicked ways, then God promises to hear our prayer. He promises and he will forgive our sins and heal our land. He says, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I've chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And as for you, Solomon, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I've commanded you, if you keep my statutes and judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David, your father saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler. God's promise is, as long as you are righteous, as long as you are obedient, I'll be with you. You know, that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed all these thousands of years later. God still promises that he wants to be with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. But, uh, but there is a contingency here. There is a condition God does not promise that he is automatically with every person, does he? He uh, you know, we 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 say that so flippantly, yeah, uh let the Lord be with you. Or we say, you know, God bless you. And so, but you know what? God doesn't bless everybody. God doesn't, uh his presence doesn't go with everyone. He goes with those who are obedient to him. Are you one of those this morning? Are you one of those who is Uh, obeying the Lord? Because listen to what God said to Solomon. Uh, There's another side to the coin here. Verse 19, if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and you go to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land, which I've given them, and this house, which I've sanctified for my name, I will cast out of my sight. And I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house, which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, why has the Lord done this to this land and this house? And they answer because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. So the bottom line is, yes, the bottom line is that God does not bless sin. God does not bless disobedience. And it is, uh, it's not right for us to say, God bless you, <laughs> if, you know, if we know somebody is walking in sin and living in condemnation. So the, the scripture it, over and over says that, you know, the blessing of God comes through obedience, obedience. And I think that that is pretty clear. So let us be obedient today. Who's with me? Let's jump over to our New Testament reading um, in Romans chapter seven. So, by the way, uh, our reading plan does take us through chapter eight. Please read that on your own. Would encourage you to uh, to stay up to date on this Bible reading plan. It's been a blessing to me. It's been helpful to our church. And now, now that brings us to uh, Romans chapter seven. And here we are. Uh, good morning, Velez family. And glad you're here with us. And we want to continue in our Bible reading plan. You found yourself halfway through the Bible in brew from uh, Virginia Beach Potter's house. And our New Testament reading has brought us to Romans chapter 7. As I mentioned yesterday, Romans is just an incredibly dense and powerful book. So it is important to go through slowly and take our time. And go back and read it. This is stuff that you need to chew on for a while before it goes down. <laughs> so uh, what do we have today? Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 8. Now just uh, just a reminder of where we are. Yesterday Paul is speaking about freedom from the law. the law of sin and death. How do we gain freedom from that? Well, it's through um, it's through faith, right? Faith? Uh, Abraham was not justified because of his works or his deeds, not because he was a cool guy, but because he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And as a count of his righteousness, uh, that's why God justified him. And that's how he became free from sin. Let us never think that God saves us because of how good we are. Or how great things we do—that is a lie. That is something that comes from the pit of hell to make people think that they are better than they really are. <laughs> uh, but uh, Paul is making the point here in Romans seven that uh, the advantage from God comes when we will, um, when we will leave the flesh behind, and we will uh, we will serve the living God with all of our heart. So, uh, we are in verse 8, Romans chapter 7. It says, Sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Verse 9, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived And I died the commandment, which was to bring life. I found to bring death for sin, taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy. The commandment is holy and just and good. So so here's what Paul is trying to get across to us here. Uh, Good morning, familia. Covos. Glad to have you with us. Um, Paul is making the the claim here that the law brings death. The law is tough. The law is hard, but it is holy. It is good. It is just the law brings death. But Paul is saying, you know, without that, is that death a good thing? Well, it leads to repentance. That's what he says in verse 13 here. He says, has then, What is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin that it might appear, uh, but sin that it might appear, sin was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Um, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. But what I will to do, uh, so this, this scripture is so, so just, I, I love that Paul is real here. He is, he's a real person that is really struggling with this battle between flesh and spirit. And we can all identify, can't we? Listen to what he says. What I am doing, I do not understand. What I want to do, that I do not practice. What I hate, that's what I end up doing. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So he's saying when I go against my spirit and I follow the flesh, I am proving that the law is good. How does that work? It works because as we sin, as we are led astray, we are proving that the law was right, that it leads to death. Uh, If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good, verse 17, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. There's been a lot of discussion about this scripture over the years. Is Paul saying that when we are led astray in disobedience, that we are not responsible somehow? No, that's not what he's saying. Uh, he's saying that it is the, the, the law of sin and death still at work in our flesh. Verse 18, he explains this. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to wills present with me, how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that is what I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. If I find a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And here's the conclusion of the matter that Paul comes to. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Have you ever been there? Have You ever felt like that? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Of death, I hope you have, because if you have, it means that you have struggled against your flesh. If you have uh, come to the point, like the Apostle Paul, of uh, just frustration, why am I still dealing with this old fleshy nature that I have? That is a good sign. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is fighting with you, for you, and that God is on your side. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So Paul, he is describing this this, uh, lifelong struggle that we have between the flesh and the spirit. And if you think that you've graduated, then I would question your sanity. If you think that you can go a day without experiencing this struggle between flesh and spirit. See, that's why we need the daily Bible reading plan. That's why we need daily prayer. I've often heard this struggle compared, or I've used the comparison, as a dogfight. In some countries, they still practice uh, dogfighting, or uh, I've been to the Philippines where they have cockfighting, you know, they have the, the rooster's, uh, that that, uh, that fight against each other with these blades. And um, it, w- what's interesting to me is that, yeah, some dogs are stronger than others. But you know what? Normally, the dog who wins the fight is the one who has been fed better, who's been better taken care of by his master. He's been eating better things. And so if you feed one dog uh, meat and you feed the other dog uh, Cheerios, then, then it's no surprise that that dog who ate the meat ends up winning the battle. Your, uh, the battle between your flesh and your spirit is similar. Whichever one you feed more is going to win. So let me ask you this question this morning at uh, 830 on uh, July 21st, 2020. Which one are you feeding more, your flesh or your spirit? Do you feed your flesh by feeding it entertainment, Hollywood, um, worldly music, uh, nasty um, you know na- nasty things that the world would put into your eyes and your ears? Do you allow your flesh to be fed by the world? Well, then don't be surprised when your flesh beats out your spirit or. You can make the choice, as some of you have done, sticking with me here through the end, uh, to feed your spirit. And the way that we do that is, especially through the basics of our faith, through prayer, through Bible study, as we focus in on the things of God and contemplate his promises, uh, we feed our spirit. And then we don't have to be surprised when our spirit wins the battle that day. So which one is going to win today in your life? Right now, as we look forward to this uh, Tuesday, July 21st, in your life, who's going to win the battle between flesh and spirit? Is your flesh going to win and lead you down the path of sin which leads to death? Or will your spirit, the spirit that God put in you as a believer, is that going to win the day? And the, the, the way that we can predict who wins the battle, which one are you feeding More so, uh, at the end of the day, you don't get the credit. The one who gets the credit is the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus, who gives us the grace to continue. And the wonderful thing in all of these, uh, uh, in this incredible battle that is taking place every day between the flesh and the spirit, the greatest thing about that is that we serve a God who is compassionate toward us, He is on our side and indeed he is fighting for us he sends us the holy spirit to be free this battle we are not fighting on our own but the spirit wages war against your flesh your responsibility is to mortify to crucify your flesh so that the lord may win the battle happening in your life right now so um that will, uh, that will finish up Romans chapter 7. Uh, tomorrow we jump into one of the best chapters in all the Bible, uh, Romans chapter 8. So I hope that you will be here for that. I hope that you're subscribed uh, to our Bible reading program. And uh, before we close out today, we'll just take a look quickly at, uh, well, the, the Proverbs, uh, the, excuse me, the Psalm for today is Psalm 18, verses 1 through 15. Make sure you take a look at that. And then our proverb today, Proverbs 19, uh, verse 24 and 25. Listen up carefully. It says, a lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. (laughs) You got to love Proverbs. A lazy man puts his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Verse 25, again, Proverbs 19. Strike a scoffer and the simple will become wary. Rebuke the one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge. I always uh, consider that. uh, Good morning, Alden uh, loves Aaron and uh, mom of two great children. Appreciate you guys joining in this morning on our Instagram page. But uh, I I love the Proverbs when it says, uh, when it talks about rebuke, you know, because can I be honest with you guys? Um, I've had to receive plenty of rebukes in my time uh, because I'm a stubborn person and I have a lot of flaws. And thank God for a good pastor who did not hold back. Um, and so I find solace and comfort in, <laughs> in these proverbs that say, rebuke one who has understanding and he will discern knowledge. And uh, I can look back at my life and say, thank God for some good rebukes that I received from my pastor, um, because uh, without those, I don't know where I would be today. So don't get bent out of shape if you get rebuked. You know, there is a good a good way and a bad way to rebuke and, uh, you know, uh, all of us who are in pastoral leadership struggle to, to, you know, to try to do this in the best way and most redemptive way possible. Uh, but human beings, how many understand we are imperfect? We do not deliver perfect rebukes. Uh, however, uh, even in our uh, imperfection, God blesses it. God helps us as we do that. So, um, so be a good receiver, you know, one of the best things on any professional football team is a good receiver. And no, no matter if the quarterback is under stress and he throws a not so perfect spiral and it's, it's up above your head instead of right at the letters or you have to reach to receive it. Listen, listen. One of the marks of faith in this life is being able to receive something from God. Being able to pull down out of the sky a word that is meant for us. So be a good receiver today. Be a good receiver. If your pastor doesn't preach the hottest sermon, if the rebuke that he gives doesn't have all the accuracy, look, it's not your job. It's not your job to criticize. It is your job to receive. And say, I understand that I'm, I'm getting a, a word of rebuke because I am cared about. Somebody cares enough about me to try to correct bad behavior that they see in my life. So uh, that's why it says, rebuke one who has understanding, he will discern knowledge. So uh, that's going to finish up our Bible and brew today. I hope that you've enjoyed your brew. And uh, and hopefully you've gotten something out of the Bible reading Today, I want to just ask you once again, uh, wherever you're watching this, to please like, share, subscribe, send it on to somebody that needs it. And if you've heard something that helps you, uh, Velez Fam 6 says, Which scripture you gave earlier? And you said, Oh, yeah. So uh, our Bible reading plan uh, took us through 2 Chronicles. Uh, we read together chapter 7, but the Bible reading plan also included, included chapter 8. uh, if you want to follow along in this Bible reading plan it is posted on our church website so I would encourage you to go check it out there Uh, our church website vbph.church there's a link there where you can subscribe to this Bible reading program uh, and follow along with us each and every day so uh, with all of that said we want to say thank you for watching everybody I've got to get to work and uh, pray that God gives you a a blessed day, and remember, remember uh, that God blesses obedience. That's kind of the running theme today, isn't it? When we obey, when we follow our uh, spirit, uh, the spirit that God gave us versus the flesh, uh, that there is great blessing in that. So my prayer is that you would be a righteous And that you that the that the spirit would win the battle today in your life. So God bless you. We'll see you back here again tomorrow, eight AM. Be here and be ready to receive from God. God bless you guys and have a great day.